Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. So if you're there in Hebrews 11, we're going to start reading from verse 1, and it's going to come out on the screens also. And it says this, Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Other translations said trust. So in, in the Greek, faith and trust is a word that is intermingled. So just keep that in mind. And it says this also, This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what we is what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Verse 4 says, By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as, a righteous, as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel would speak even through, though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from his life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God took him away. For before he was... For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, this is very important. Number six, verse six. I want you to highlight that one. I want you to cross it somewhere. I want you to, if you don't have a Bible, look at the guy next to you or the gal next to you and highlight it on her or his Bible. But this is very important. Sex, and I'm going to look here because I can't see. It says, and without faith, it is what? It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must what? Believe. believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now verse 7 says this, By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he commended the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he will later receive as his inheritance, obey and went even though what? He did not know where he was going. Well, that's faith. This is by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was Looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And I'll just jump down to verse 13 and it says this. All these were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a far distance. Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. What an amazing, amazing 10, ten verses that so encouraging. Out, out of those 10 verses, we can glean and mind so much out of this whole chapter you can we can probably teach a whole series and I, and I will encourage you when you go home just read the whole chapter and see what God says to you through it but out of these few verses that that we just read I just I want to share a message with you that I have titled uh, healthy faith healthy soul healthy faith healthy soul so go ahead if you want to put that on top of your note-taking uh, apparatus or whatever it is that you're taking notes healthy faith healthy soul and before we continue, let's just go to the Lord and pray and ask Him to bless our time together. Father, we thank You that we can come here. We thank You that we can come here to a place that we call home, to a place that we can call church, to a place that we can not only worship, but we can have fun while we learn about You. 
Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will just touch us right now, opening our hearts, opening our minds, so that we can receive everything that you have for us here this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Come on, eleven and a little loud. Everybody says? Amen. Give God a shout of praise before we keep going. Yeah? So awesome to, 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 to read those verses. And just to give a little bit of a, of, a, of a context of what was going on, as we kind of like learned from last week, the writer was writing to a group of Jewish believers that were going through amazing persecutions. They were going through things that were happening to them that they couldn't understand. They say they thought that they had done everything right. They say, hey, we, we have accepted the fact that Jesus is the Messiah, the one that was supposed to come, the ones that the prophets had talked about all the time. And here we are doing all these things and accepting it. And what is happening to us, instead of everything becoming rosy, instead of everything coming, hey, the kingdom has come and we're going to be partakers of whatever great things that are happening, what's happening to us, we're getting persecuted. We're getting really, really beat down. We're, we're coming to a place where we don't even know what's happening anymore. We're coming to a place where wherever we turn, something bad, something evil is happening to us. We're getting beaten. We're getting thrown in jail. We're getting, our, our, our work is taken away from us. Our, our farms, our homes are taken away from us. Some of us are missing family members because they're being dragged out and being stoned to death. They're being killed. Family members don't talk to us anymore. What is happening right now? Why is it that we have trusted God? And everything has turned upside down. And some of them were feeling like, hey, we just want to throw in the towel. Sometimes they're saying, hey, you know what? We'd rather go back to our old ways. We'd rather go back to what we were doing before because, you know what? We were comfortable. You know what? Nothing was happening to us. Everything was rosy. Nobody would bother us. But now when we stepped out in faith, look at all the things that's happening. And the writer to these people takes the time to say, hey, ho, 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 hold on. Hold on. Let me share something with you. Let me share something with you that's going to help you to get through. Because, see, the thing that happens here is that this. There's one thing that we all in this room, even those that, that we're talking about in the Scriptures, had in common. And that is that we all have faith. We all have faith. And you, don't, you, you don't think so? You don't think so? I, I'm, I'm going to kind of say some things to you that will maybe see what I'm talking about. How many of you guys drove here this morning? Well, you have faith that when you turn that key in the ignition, the car started, right? How many of you guys had coffee before you got in the car and came this morning? You all trusted that your coffee maker worked, or at least that Starbucks had a short line so you can get right through it. How many of you guys drive through the 836 expressway during rush hour traffic during the week? How many of you guys do that? That takes blind faith right there. That you think that you're going to get in a car, that you think that you're going to drive, and that you think that you're going to get to work or wherever it is that you're going on time dealing with that. So we all have that in common. We all have faith. And even if you're sitting here and you're saying, well, you know, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in anything like that. That's okay. You can still stay here and you can still listen because even you have faith. Even you have faith because we all have faith in something. Even you have faith. You know why? Because you, when you came into this auditorium and when you sat down in that beautiful black chair that you're sitting on, you didn't check to see if it was going to hold you. I didn't see anybody checking to see the legs or shaking it or asking who had put it together or asking who, who, where were the builder and how much we paid for it. No, you just came in, you put your Bible down and you just, and all of a sudden you just plop. And you know what? And you trusted and you have faith that what? That that thing was going to hold you. All right? We all have faith. The thing is that sometimes the object of our faith is what's messed up. And that's what the, that's what the writer to the Hebrews was saying. 
In order for you guys to be able to, to, for your soul to be at rest, in order for you guys, for your soul to be at peace, the object of your faith has to be right. And you know, sometimes the object of our faith is not at all right. Sometimes we put our faith in things that maybe, maybe we think is right, but it's not. Sometimes some of us put our faith in careers. Some of us can put our faith in relationships. Some of us can put our faith in properties or in finances. And none of those things are bad of in all of in themselves. It's okay to make plans. It's okay to work hard for what you have. It's okay to say, I'm going to plan so that I can do this, that, or the other. But when our faith depends on those things, when our soul, when the rest, the peace of our soul depends on those things, that's when we're going to get in trouble. You know why? Because finances are going to come down. You know why? Because relationships are going to end up. You know why? Because sometimes things are going to happen that we're going to say, what happened here? I put my trust and I put my faith in this. And a lot of this happened to a lot of us last Sunday. And I'll tell you why. A lot of us, me included, I put my faith in the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> and what happened? I got up on Monday morning and I told my wife, I need therapy today. I don't know what happened in that fourth quarter. We were winning by 25 points, my faith. My, I was celebrating already. And then Tom Brady comes on. <laughs> Tom Brady's awesome. He's goat. Come on. He's the man. But, and you can even see it in the face of, I don't know if, you, if some of you that saw the game. And by, by the way, we had an amazing time back here watching the game as a church. But, but, but you know what? I don't know if you guys noticed the owner of the Falcons. Him and his wife were going crazy. They were going out of their minds. They were celebrating. They were jumping up and down. And then later on, and they were already on the sideline. They were, I guess they were getting ready to just take that trophy and take it back to Atlanta with them. And then towards the end of the game... It was sad to see their faces. You know, and that happens to us sometimes. That happens to us sometimes when we, when I put my faith or when we put our faith in a relationship. And then and the, one day, someone comes and says, you know what, I'm not in love with you anymore. And I want this to end. And now our faith is shattered. And sometimes we put our faith in a career and we got to come in sometimes to our job and they call us in the office and you're thinking, oh man, they finally noticed what a great job I'm doing. And what is it that they tell you? Man, you are doing a great job, but your service is no longer required. And now all of a sudden, <laughs> where's your faith? And your soul starts getting restless and your soul starts getting not at peace and your soul starts getting downcast. But if that's you here this morning, let me encourage you that the, the, the writer to the Hebrews is saying, wait a second. Because I'm going to tell you that if your faith is rooted on the right thing, if the object of your faith is the, the right object, no matter what comes against you, no matter how, well, how bad you're shaking, you're going to stand firm. You're going to have an anchor because you're going to realize that there is a God that loves you. There is a God that has a plan for your life. There is a God that although you might have lost your job, you know what? That's because he has a better one for you lying down that row. You know what? Your relationship might have fallen apart. But you know what? God has something else down the road. It might, not be, it might not be what you expected, but he might restore that relationship. He might give you something different. You might say, well, I don't know, God, my kids are going crazy. But you know what? There is a God that says, leave it to me. Because I don't sleep and I don't slumber. All you need to do is be able to have your soul at peace with us. So that was what the writer of the Hebrews to the Hebrews was saying. Hey, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to share some things with you. That you're going to remember and that's going to help you to anchor your faith, to make sure that your faith is well, 
to make sure that your souls are at peace. And what I'm going to do for the next few moments that I have with you is I'm going to share with you four words that I mine from the text. And our four W words. That if we think about them, if we meditate upon them, if we apply, to them, apply them to our lives as situations come up in our lives, we're going to be able to say, wait a minute, soul, I'm going to be talking to you because my faith is healthy. And when my faith is healthy because it's on the right object, my soul is going to be healthy. My soul is going to be healthy. So are you guys ready for the three, four W words? Here we go. The first W word that I can see from the, from the verses that we, were, that we were mining here today is worship. Worship. When your soul seems to be restless, when your soul seems to be um, in, in a way that is downcast, the first thing that you have to remember is that you need to worship. It doesn't matter where. And we see that by, in the first few verses that we read with Abel. Abel was the first worshiper that's listed in the Bible. And Abel worshiped in obedience. He worshiped in obedience. He, were, he brought an offering to the Lord in obedience. And it says that the Lord was pleased with his offering. So what does that tell us here this morning is that when we have heartfelt worship, this is something that pleases God. Our heartfelt worship pleases God. And so how does that translate to us here this morning? Well, that's, that's why to us we're always saying that it's so important to have a time of worship. That's why we start every single service, every single gathering that we have. We started with worship. Why? It's not just so we can give time to the people that are parking or to the people that are checking kids to get in here in time for the preacher. No, it's because we want to set the atmosphere of faith that our faith starts getting healthy, that we start saying, hey, here we are worshiping God. Here we are worshiping God. And you know what? It's not because Anything that we have done is just because he is worthy of the worship. It is because he is the one that is honored by our worship. It's because he says, I inhabit the worship of my people. And that's what we're saying. If we want to have a, a, a healthy, healthy faith, a healthy faith that is going to make sure that when things get rough, we're going to worship. And you know what? It's very easy to worship when things are good. Man, we can come in here after we got a, a promotion. And we, whoo, hallelujah, yes, Lord, you're good, you're awesome. Nobody, no name higher than your name. If we're driving a brand new car, whoo, yes, Lord, provider, you're the provider. You're just, it's easy to worship that way, right? I mean, we're being transparent. We're being honest here this morning. But what happens? What happens when your car gets repo? Are you going to come in here and you're going to worship the same way? What happens? What happens when, you know what? When you get that doctor's report that says, mm, we got to see you again and it doesn't look good. Are you still going to come in here and raise your hands and you're going to worship and you're going to say, God, you're still awesome. God, you're still good. God, you're still wonderful. Because you know what? No matter what happens, no matter what happens, God never ceases to be who he is. God will continue to be good. God will continue to be loving. God will continue to be merciful. God will continue to be all, all wonderful. Oh, wonderful. So even when, even when it doesn't look like that, and you might be here this morning, you might be saying, man, I can track with you. Because what you're saying, second part of what you're saying, that's what's happening to me. To me, it's hard to come in here and raise my hands. And I'm being transparent here. There's times where it's been hard for me to come in here and worship. There is time where it's been hard to come in here and raise my hands. Because there's been things that are going on in my life that I cannot understand. There's been things that have been going on in my life that I can that I say, uh, 
I, I don't know. It don't make sense. That's right. Thank you, Marcelino. Stage managers always help the preacher. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 but you know what? It's during those times that you got to step back and you got to say, wait, wait, wait. So, I'm going to talk to you. So, you're going to worship. Because it doesn't depend on what we're going through. It's knowing who God is. Our circumstances do not dictate our worship. His worth dictates our worship and no matter what circumstances we're going through he is still worthy so if you're having a hard time then you come in here if you're having a, a good time then you come in here and worship is not just coming in here for 30 minutes or an hour and a half on a Sunday worship has to be a lifestyle it has to be our lifestyle we have to decide you know what I'm gonna live a lifestyle of worship and what do I mean by that how are we worshiping God in our everyday life what are we doing what are we doing because you know what worshiping God is not only singing to God although that is awesome although that is amazing although some of us can do that better than others that's not about that living a lifestyle of worship means you know what am I worshiping him by the way I speak to my bride do I worship him by the way I speak to my children? Do I worship him by the way I get along with my co-workers? Do I worship him how I talk to my boss? Do I worship him how I submit to those in authority, although I might not agree, although I might not like it, because it's not about them. It's not about anyone. It's about him and you. It's about you saying, my life is going to be a lifestyle of worship. I am going to worship because my soul is going to be healthy. Because my faith is healthy. I am going to worship. I am going to worship. The next W. You ready for it? The next W. Yeah, we're ready for it. It's about a guy that we hardly heard from in the Bible. Enoch. And the next W is for walk. Walk. Because when we have a healthy faith, when we have a healthy faith that leads to a healthy soul means that we're walking close to God. And look what it says in verse 5. If we can bring it up on the screens again. Uh, it's, it's talking about Enoch. And it says, by faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. What does that tell us here today? That walking close to God. Is pleasing to him. And how does that translate to us? What is our walk with God? What does our walk with God look like? Well, you know, we cannot have a relationship with someone unless we're close to them, right? I mean, I mean, when you were younger, when I was younger, uh, and, and we, we kind of like, and when I said when I was younger, because I've been married for 30 some years, so I don't do that anymore. But before 30 some years, when I was younger, and I kind of like looked at a girl and she would kind of look interesting to me. The only way that I would get to know her is by getting close to her and try to walk with her and try to see what was, if we have anything in common. Well, it's almost the same when we're in our relationship with God. Because we cannot say that we know God if we don't walk with him. We cannot say we know God if we don't listen to him. We cannot say we know God if we don't speak to him every day. We don't say that we know, we can't say that we know God if the only times that we pick up our Bibles is when we come here. You know that there are some people that come to church and they leave their Bibles here? I guess to pick it up next Sunday when they come back. 
And I, and I know, I know, I know we have our phones and we have our tablets and stuff. But there's nothing like having your own Bible where you can say every single day, I'm going to take the time to walk with God. What does that look like in your life? How do you walk with God in your life? How do you, how do, you do that? Do you just, the first thing that you do when you open your eyes in the morning and when you, when you get up and you're still drowsy, the first thing that you want to see is, I want to see how many likes I got in the last post that I put on IG last night. You know what that's going to do to you? If you didn't get 50 and you thought you were going to get 50, you only got 15, your soul is going to be at unrest. <laughs> your soul is not going to be healthy. But you know what? If you get up in the morning and the first thing you say is, God, the next 15 seconds that I'm going to take, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to get together with you. I'm going to find out how to do life your way. I'm going to find out what kind of day you want me to have. Soul gets a peace. Soul gets a peace. You know, because that's how we got to set it up. We have to be disciplined enough. We have to be intentional enough that we got to say, if I want to please God, if my faith is going to be healthy, if my soul is going to be at rest, if my soul is going to be healthy, then I have to commit myself with walking with the creator of my soul. I'm going to have to commit myself with walking with the one that forgives me, with walking with the only one that understands me for real. Because we have a lot of people around us that said, yeah, I understand you. Or yeah, my, my wife, my kids, everybody, family members. But really, when, the, when, when, really, when the rubber meets the road, that only one that understands you 100% is the one that created you. And if you want to find out from him how to, understand, how to better understand yourself, you have to walk with him. You have to walk with him. You know, and so you have to make it a point to walk every day with him. So how do you walk every day with him? What do you do? Because you know what? If you're not walking every day with God, you're walking with someone else. There's no two ways about it. If you don't walk every day with God, someone else is walking with you. And someone else will have that influence in you. And some, some other voice is going to speak into your life. And someone else is going to throw that confusion into your life. And can I, he, can I say to you this morning, the world is more confused now than it's ever been before. But it's also looking for answers more than ever before. And us here in this room are the ones that have the answers. But we can only have those answers if we walk with God. If we walk with him every day. If we're, if we're telling him, Lord, speak to my mind. Show me what you want me to do. Show me what you want me to say. Show me how you want me to deal with this situation. When you walk with God, it's pleasing to him. Are you reading your word? Are you praying to him? Are you dedicating a time? You know, sometimes here things tend to get a little hectic. Yes, in church things get a little hectic. And, and there's a lot of meetings and a lot of planning. And sometimes, sometimes I find myself where I got to say, hold it, hold it, hold it, soul. I need to go for a walk. And I actually, what I do is I get out of my office and I walk all around this property talking to him. Asking him, is this the right thing that we're doing? Should we continue doing this? Should we, should, what is it that we need to do? How is your walk with God? How is your walk with God? So the third W word that I'm going to talk to you about, that if we could apply it, if we meditate on it, it will allow us for our faith to be healthy and our soul to be healthy is work. The third word, the third W is work. And as we see it there from the scriptures that we read, it, it goes with Noah. You know, Noah, that's another one from the Old Testament, one of the first people that we read about in the Word. And, and it says in verse 7, if we can put it up there too, it says what? By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark 
to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is keeping with faith. You see, Noah was walking with God already. He knew about God. He had, he had that communication with God. But then something even crazier happened. God asked Noah to do something that had never been done before. Build an ark. An ark for what? What is an ark? It's almost like someone coming to you and telling you, hey, I want you to taste this amazing chocolate ice cream. And it tastes great, but you have never even seen it before. You, never, you don't know what it tastes like. So this is what's ha what was happening here. God was telling Noah, hey, I want you to do this. And the first thing that Noah says is, you are God, and I'm obeying, I'm walking with you. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. Yes, I will go. And it takes him 100 years for him and his sons to build this ark. Can you imagine the ridicule that must have happened with Noah? Can you imagine people coming and saying and going by and seeing this huge structure that nobody knew what it was supposed to do and saying, hey, that Noah guy, he flipped his lid. He's crazy. Can you imagine the ridicule that his kids, his sons, have taken from peers? Bro, you're just as nut as your dad is. But can I tell you something, church? When you're walking with God and when you're deciding to work for his kingdom and to build his kingdom and to follow his, what he's telling you to do, when you're working for him, can, you t can I tell you something so it doesn't surprise you? There will be people that are going to try to ridicule you. There will be people that are going to try to come against you and say, hey, what, on Sundays? What, what do you do again on Sundays? You spend the whole day on Sundays parking cars at church and you don't get pay? Are you crazy? Or, or, or what, 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 what again? You're leading a connect group? And, and what? They're paying you, right? Because you got to prepare. No? Are you crazy? There is ridicule that's going to happen. There is ridicule that's going to come because you know what? People don't understand that working for God brings blessings to us, not to anything else. There is a blessing that happens. There is a blessing that happens. So the answer here is, what is God calling you to work on? What is God calling you, each and every one of us here this morning, to work on? Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad that he hasn't called all of us to build an ark. Because <laughs> I have no, no knowledge about building boats. But I do know one thing is that he has called each and every one in this room, each and every one in the overflow, each and every person watching on the internet to work on something. What is God calling you to work on? Is he calling you to work on your marriage? Are you sitting here saying, man, what, what do I need to work on? What, is he calling you to work on your marriage? Then if he's calling you to work on your marriage, then you know what? Work on your marriage and trust that God will restore it. Work on your marriage and trust that he's going to do what only he can do. What is he calling you to do? Is he calling you to work on your relationship with your children? Then do that. Then trust in the promises that God has already spoken over your children. Where he has said, if you raise your kid in my ways, no matter how far they go away from me, when they're older, they will know how to get back to me. So you trust in that promise. And you stand in that promise. And you say, God, I don't know what's going to happen with my kids. I don't even know where they're at right now. But I am going to trust. I am going to trust that I'm going to work on that relationship. And it's not going to depend on them. See, don't wait for them to call you. You call them. Don't wait for someone to email you. You email them. Whatever it is that you need to work on, don't wait for tomorrow. Because you know what the Bible says about that? Tomorrow is not guaranteed for anybody. Who do you need to work on? Who do you need to say, I love you? Who do you need to say, I'm sorry? Who do you need to say, you know what, man? We need to try this again. That's working it. That's what God wants us to do. Because you know what? Until you meet that call to work that God has placed in your life, your souls will not be at peace. 
your soul will not rest easy. Your soul will not be the way that it should be. It will not. So what is God calling you to work on? What is God calling you to work on? Because you got to work, and you got to work, and it doesn't mean that it's going to happen right away. You know what's going to happen? You might have to work, work real hard, and then wait, which brings me to the last W word. That is wait. Wait. And the character that we have tagged along with wait is none other than Abraham, the father of the faith. The, God, the guy that God asked him to do amazing things and crazy things by anybody's imagination. The guy that when he was fine and he was comfortable, God called him to leave and he said, by faith, I'm going to go. Where am I going, Lord? I'll show you. Okay. Do I stop here, Lord? Yeah, stop here. Okay. Okay, tomorrow you need to, okay. And he kept waiting and waiting and waiting. Haven't you ever felt like you're stuck in an eternal waiting room? Because there are things that you're praying for and you're waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, as I was thinking about this teaching, one of the things that came to my mind is hospital waiting rooms. And I know they're necessary, but man, they, they give me the creeps. Because you just sit there and you're waiting. And a doctor comes out and sees you. Okay, Mr. Perez, go back and wait. And you're waiting. And after they see you, it's even worse because they still go back and wait. And you're like, okay, I have this, that, or the other. I, heard, I got something here. So, oh, that must be a tumor here. Or I got something. Oh, there must be a, a spider might have bit me here. You know, it's the, the waiting is the worst. The waiting is the worst. But Abraham waited. He waited. He waited. And some of you here today are waiting. Some of you here today are feeling like you're stuck in a perpetual, eternal waiting room. Let me tell you something. You keep waiting. Because while you wait, God is working. While you wait, God is walking. While you wait, God will bring it to pass. So what do you have to do? You got to continue to wait. And you do not quit. And you do not throw in the towel. Because you got to know that while you wait, God is working. While you wait, you got to tell your soul, I know that my God has a plan and a purpose for my life. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know when that kid is going to come back to the Lord. I don't know when my marriage is going to be restored. I don't know when I'm going to get another job. But I'm going to keep waiting. Because the one that creates time is the one that dictates when things are going to happen. The one that says, yes, I am working on your behalf have yes I am working for you because I love you because I have a plan for your life because I will never leave you nor forsake you so if you're here and you feel like you're stuck waiting I want you to stand up right now because we're gonna pray we're gonna pray that God is gonna tell you God is gonna reveal to you that hey keep waiting you do not quit you do not stop because I am a work I am a work and let me tell you something every single one of us is here we can do this and this is how we lead a victorious, healthy, faith-filled life with a healthy soul. While we wait, we don't stop working. And while we don't stop working, we don't stop walking. And while we don't stop walking, we keep worshiping. We worship Him because He is worthy. We worship Him because He's awesome. And that's what we're going to do right now. We are going to worship because He is working. We are going to worship because He is answering. So right now, with every head bowed, Every head bow and every eye closed. I'm going to pray for a couple of people here. 
couple of group of people we're going to pray for. If right now you're saying, you know what, George, everything you said here makes sense now. My soul, I've been placing my faith in things that don't make sense. I don't even know about this Jesus that you talked about. I don't even know about this God that you're talking about. But I know one thing, that my faith has been placed in the wrong object. Well, friend, let me tell you something here this morning. I am going to give you an opportunity in a moment for you to pray a prayer. And you're going to leave here knowing that from today on, your faith is placed on the right object. Because you'll be placing your faith in the God that created you. You'll be placing your faith in Jesus who came down and died for your sins. So what I'm going to do in a moment is I'm going to count to three. And if that's you in this auditorium, if that's you in the overflow, if that's you watching by internet, if you're saying, you know what? I have not placed my faith in the right thing. I've placed my faith in all kinds of other things in my life, jobs, careers, relationships, and it has gone bad. Today, I'm going to give you the opportunity to place your faith in Jesus Christ. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And when I count to three, I'm believing the hands are going to go up across this whole auditorium and in the overflow and people watching on the internet and people listening on the radio. You know why? Because there is no coincidence that you are here today. There is no accident that you're here today. God brought you in here today because today he had an appointment with you. Today he wanted to speak to you and into your life. So yeah, you guys ready? Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, if you're saying, I want to place my trust in Jesus today. I want him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. When I count to three, you raise your hands. One, two, three. Raise your hand if that is you. Raise your hand all over this place. Hands are going up. God bless you here in the front. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you in the middle. God bless you. 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 God bless you back there. God bless you. Right here to my left. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Right here to my right. Anybody else? God is knocking. God is calling you. He wants to take over your life. He doesn't want you to have a restless soul anymore. He doesn't want you to live a life where you don't know where you're going to draw strength from. He is your rock. He is your savior. And for those of you that raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer. It's a prayer between you and God. And what you're doing here is you are admitting to God, hey, I haven't lived the best life, but from today on, I'm going to follow you. And I'm going to let you take the wheel. So if, those, if you were those that raised your hand, you're going to repeat after me. As a matter of fact, the whole church is going to repeat this prayer. It's a simple prayer. So if you raise your hand, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you inside to be my Lord, to be my Savior, to be my God. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. From this day forward, I want to follow you all the days of my life. I believe in you, and I put my trust in you. It's in your name that I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's, yeah, let's give, give my hand. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.